This episode is Vaccine Stupid. picket scabs and I don't want to plow up all the scar tissue about what's happened with this pandemic. We can't unring the bell, the genie is out of the bottle, and we just are where we are. Things that have never been worse than they are now, but things can get a lot worse if we don't stop being vaccine stupid. There are a lot of people in this country who feel very strongly on both sides of the argument about whether to open schools or close schools, lift restrictions or not lift restrictions. I'm inviting you into my mind to show you what I see. I'm not here to change anybody's mind and I'm not here to push an agenda. I like you just the way you are. What I am against is vaccine stupid. Here's the ultimate point. If you want to open up restaurants and you want to open up schools, then why are we not vaccinating grocery workers, service industry personnel, teachers, school-aged children, and their families at the same time that we're vaccinating first responders and medical staff. See, to me, and you know how messed up my brain is, I'm not a feeler, I'm a thinker. So I know someone is gonna disagree with me and I respect that. There are always wrong people everywhere you go. But to me, if we wanna open restaurants and schools, then to vaccinate people individually safeguard them, but at the same time, safeguard everyone else from the spread of the disease, then the priority should be to vaccinate the people in those environments. Because if you want to open schools and you want to open restaurants, then you need to vaccinate the younger teachers and the younger service workers because you'll be protecting the exact same number of people. But for each younger person you protect, you'll be saving 40 to 50 years instead of four or five years. And at the same time, you're protecting the same number of people. You're delivering the vaccine to the population that is at the highest risk of spreading the disease. And the math tells us that stopping the spread will save far more lives in the long run than inoculating just the elderly. Mathematically speaking, it's feasible to save just as many elderly lives by eliminating exponential public spread of the disease as you would save if you vaccinated the elderly directly, right? I mean, and we've all got this COVID fatigue, right? We've been dealing with this for a year, limiting our movements. We see it in the news all the time, people dying all over. And if you're experiencing the loss of a loved one or helping someone through that experience, then I invite you to check out my podcast episode, uh, Leadership and Loss, Love, Death, and Astrophysics. I made that one just for you. But we've got this COVID thing, you know, and lots of us have been doing the right things and being diligent, but the pandemic is worse than it's ever been right now. So whatever we're doing... Whatever we were doing before, we should be doing at least that much right now. And right on the eve of all these vaccines, now is not the time to lose intensity. But the strange thing is, is that for many people who haven't gotten infected, who've been doing the right thing this whole time, they're sort of starting to get fed up and sort of fatigued with the whole thing. And so it's only natural that they kind of start losing intensity or they start sort of relaxing the measures that they've taken. You know, it's kind of like, but that's kind of like people who've been like in a storm for a year carrying an umbrella and they've made it this far with no issues and so they're kind of like ready to toss the umbrella because they haven't gotten wet yet but right now it's raining harder than ever and i hate to say it but when young people who've been doing the right things this whole time to prevent the spread when they start to lose their intensity a lot more people are going to catch it if 
those younger, more active people start like, you know, paying less attention to what's going on. And the elderly aren't really spreading it in the community in nearly the numbers that young people do. So if, because they're just not out there. And so if, because the elderly just aren't as active as the young are. So if stopping the spread is a public priority, then logically speaking, the elderly aren't the people to start vaccinating first. See, we know this virus is aerosol, which means when you exhale or breathe out, you're blowing it into the atmosphere and it floats and anybody who walks through it or if you re-breathe an infected person's breath, you know, your eyes are open or you walk through a cloud of somebody's COVID breath and you're looking at a COVID infection, either through your mucous membrane of your eye or your lungs or both. Anyway, you slice it, you get the Rona. And there's something called viral load, which means the amount of coronavirus that you've breathed in is going to affect whether or not you're going to be able to recover. Now, I can't cite a whole bunch of statistical evidence or studies of my own on this, but it is a thing. And you'll see on the news when some of these households where there's lots of people living together in the same place, breathing and rebreathing each other's breath, like say a nursing home where people are pretty static and they kind of stay in the same place and eat in the same room. Or you'll see some household where there are like seven, eight or nine people that are living in the same kind of small house. And suddenly, like, they lose their dad, their mom, their aunt, or, and a kid, like, all in the same week. Well, you know it's probably because they're all sitting there breathing and re-breathing each other's infected breath over and over and over and all day, just like the kids when school opens. And think of it this way, like, if you're close enough to smell somebody's fart, you're close enough to catch COVID from their breath. It's just common sense. Just like wearing a mask. It's just common sense. But you know, the mask protects you somewhat but it really protects other people from you. And everybody's else's mask is protecting you from them. And so you can kind of think of wearing a mask the same as wearing a seatbelt, right? But if you don't wear a mask, it's the same as unbuckling everybody else's seatbelt all around you. Because the mask that you're wearing is extremely effective at stopping your breath from infecting them, and vice versa. You can do other stuff, you know, like with your diet, like. Vitamin D3, vitamin C, and zinc will all help you. My uncle's a chemist, and he said zinc is a great extra thing that you can take to help protect yourself. What he actually said was zinc, zinc, zinc. So I take zinc every day. Let's talk about vaccinations, though, because this is why I wanted to make this podcast episode. I think the time is now, and smart people should act now, to re-examine the vaccination priorities that the government is going by. Because in my opinion... The government is vaccine stupid. Right now, I think generally we're vaccinating medical personnel, first responders, and then we're lining up everybody age-wise, and we start vaccinating the people who are the closest to dying from old age, and then we start working our way down with our youngest children at the end of the line. But that last piece just doesn't make sense to me. Why aren't we vaccinating grocery workers? Why are the grocery workers not at the front of the line? Do we want to open schools? Then why aren't we vaccinating the teachers, kids, and their families to prevent the spread in school? And that makes sense, right? The restaurant business is suffering. Well, why not vaccinate servers and service industry staff and then open those industries up? Do you want to open restaurants or not? Do you want to open them safely or not? If we want to do the best for our country, then it's stupid to vaccinate from oldest to youngest. I don't think there's any logical counter debate on this point. More people will die the way we're doing it now. 
and way more lives and families will be ruined by vaccinating all of the oldest people first. There's plenty of great old people, and they're important, just as important as everybody else. And I understand that an infected elderly person is probably 20 times more likely to die than perhaps a much younger person would, but they're infinitely more likely to die of old age than younger people are too. And when an elderly person dies, yeah, that chops about 5 or 10 years off the end of their life, but when a young person dies, that chops 30, 40, 50 years off of their life. Good, vital, healthy, adventurous years, which are better years than the elderly have left. It's unsavory to think of it that way, but it's true nonetheless. And these are years where they could fall in love, get married, have a child, write a song, cure cancer. And I'm just pointing it out that the elderly have already experienced those years that the young have yet to taste. Now, I'm not saying that the elderly already have one foot in the grave, so why waste the vaccine? That's not what I'm thinking at all. But I am saying that a 75-year-old man with dementia who isn't providing the financial support for a young family, if he takes the vaccine, he'll live another 5 or 10 years, and I'm sure he'll appreciate it until he forgets it a minute later. But wouldn't it be smarter to vaccinate his 45-year-old son or daughter who would otherwise live 35 or 40 more years? who is the one who's paying for his assisted living arrangements and financially supporting their immediate family and the elderly man's grandchildren? Did anybody think of that? If the 75-year-old man is not vaccinated and dies, but his 45-year-old child is vaccinated and lives, then the family will be sad and mourn grandpa's death, which is a natural part of life and was going to happen shortly anyway. But if the 75-year-old man with dementia is vaccinated and lives for another five years, but his 45-year-old child doesn't qualify for a vaccination because they're not old enough, and then they die of COVID, then grandpa's put in the street, the family's in the street, the kids grow up without a dad or a mom, and now who's going to support these kids and grandpa, right? I mean, I realize that COVID kills the elderly in much greater numbers than other age demographics, and that's really unfortunate, but let's be honest, the very elderly person is going to die relatively soon anyway, and it's a lot worse for a lot more people for a much longer lifetime, because when a middle-aged person dies, there are many more people depending on them to live. It's a harsh reality, but it's true, and that is a fact. And there's no logical argument that an old life is worth saving too, because a young life is just as worthy of saving. So that one is kind of a tie. And there's so much misinformation out there being published by people who have an agenda, like people who want public schools to open now, when the pandemic is worse than it's ever been. There are even people pushing stupid, meaningless studies that say opening schools doesn't affect community spread of COVID-19. And that's a lie. I'm not saying schools shouldn't open, but I am saying don't listen to stupid people unqualified to study anything who say the community spread in the community is the same as the community spread in the school. That's like saying the percentage of people who get wet when it rains at the school is just the same as the percentage of people who get wet when it rains in the community. That's true, but what they aren't telling you and what they hope that you don't ask is how many kids who tell a school get wet. Because the answer is between half and one-tenth, yes. It's a fact that kids and teachers who go to the school building get sick between two and ten times more frequently than the teachers and the kids who tell school. And it's just the math, it's all right there, and there's no debate. It's just a fact. 
And the reason I can say this with 100% certainty is if you look at the New York City school system, the COVID infection data, they have a public website with a ton of relevant, useful COVID infection data sorted specifically by school district. Now, I can tell you this as an engineer. The information is broken down for every school district and how many students and teachers got the Rona. And then they also post by school district how many of them got the Rona at on-site school and how many of them got Rona during remote learning. And that is some of the cleanest data you're ever going to get because the school district specific data already controls for like location, financial affluence, the type of socioeconomic environment, and all those kinds of things. That data is extremely trustworthy and scientifically controlled. And none of the stupid studies or the stupid people who publish them know anything about that. They just want schools to open, and so they're willing to tell lies and talk about all kinds of statistics to try to make it happen. Now, I'm not against opening schools. There are lots of good reasons to open schools. It takes care of food insecure kids. It helps kids develop better. It's a much better emotional environment. Suicide rates go down. School can be like free daycare for parents who need to work and can't afford to pay for daycare for their kids. There are a lot of good reasons to open schools, but lies and bogus studies that mean nothing are not good reasons and shouldn't be part of the discussion. Anyway, I made this episode tonight because I see the pandemic at its worst right now. More people are dying, hospitals are maxed and turning away patients, they're storing bodies in refrigeration trucks because the morgues are packed. At some point, we need real thinkers coming up with the plans and real leaders to lead. And we need an educated, motivated citizenry to keep those leaders accountable and tell them that they've got it wrong and they're not doing it right, and they're not doing what the people want when they're not doing what the people want. And in my opinion, right now, the government is being vaccine stupid. So if you agree that first responders and medical personnel need to be vaccinated before the elderly, grocery clerks need to be vaccinated before the elderly, if you want your schools open now, then maybe you'd agree that teachers, students, and their families need to be vaccinated before the elderly. If you want service industries opened earlier, then maybe you'd agree that servers of the public and their families need to be vaccinated before the elderly. And if you think it ruins more lives and is a greater numerical loss of human life years to lose a household breadwinner with 40 good years to live and is responsible for supporting more lives than their own compared to someone who isn't any of that and stands to gain only five to 10 years at the end of the line, then maybe you'd agree that household breadwinners need to be vaccinated before the elderly. And as of today, there are 30 million vaccines distributed in the United States and only 10 million administered. And that is vaccine stupid. And that is a fact. And if you agree that the American people want schools and businesses open, but the government isn't vaccinating any of the people pertaining to those social objectives, and the government is vaccinating nobody relevant to those public priorities, then you might think that that's vaccine stupid too. And if you agree, we know our government leaders who make these choices and policies watch social media and Twitter and their Facebook pages. And right now, if you want, you can share this episode and tell the government to stop being vaccine stupid. And that is a fact. But people who disagree with any of this, that's okay too. Right now, you are in my mind. And this is just who I am now. But when I'm elderly... 
no longer responsible or needed to support my children, and especially if my children were responsible for supporting and raising my grandchildren, it would be a cold day in hell before I'd take a vaccination, if it were possible to see to it that my child was inoculated first. In fact, if I were elderly and my son or daughter was responsible for the upbringing, care, and financial support of my grandchildren, I would go into the vaccination center and I would bring my son or daughter, and when it was my turn, I would put my son or daughter in the seat and say, give them mine. And that is a fact. Music